Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Good morning, everybody. I caught you sleep. <laughs> uh, I have a praise. I just am so thankful for Tiffany uh, becoming a Christian. It's been so awesome. So let's give it up for our new sister in Christ. It's great. It's, it's awesome. You know, and uh, what a way to end uh, 2020 by uh, kicking the devil out of your life. So that's pretty, pretty sweet stuff. So a couple announcements this morning before we jump right into it. Uh, uh, college age, we are having college age tomorrow night uh, from 5.30 until about 7.30 or so. And uh, I asked Jamie if she would kind of coordinate uh, sorting of cans and bottles tomorrow night. So if there's anybody that wants to come out and hang out with the college age kids, they get wild and crazy, uh, you're more than welcome to come. Eric, if you want to get wild and crazy with them, you're more than welcome to come. So yeah, okay. So anyway, there you go. Uh, Wednesday evening assembly is this month is at Tamara Dumbrow's house. And we'll be um, there on her, her place at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. Thursday's Ladies' Studies at Melissa Park's place. And next Sunday after assembly is a men's meeting. So about 1230 or so. And I got to look and see if there are any birthdays. Are there any birthdays coming up this week? Miriam? She's skipping out. Okay. Well, we'll just have to sing her happy birthday next week. All right. Uh, let me share with you that we have calendars now for January and February. And so if you'd like to hang those on your refrigerator like we do, we got front and back this time. Thank you for everybody signing up for the cleaning the old building. So lots of stuff going on in January. February's really getting it cranked up because uh, Oregon, Family's come, Oregon Family Camp is coming up. And we have a, a preacher coming from North Dakota. We got a preacher coming from Montana. Uh, there's a couple other preachers that are coming. Kind of, they're not sure yet, but we'll see. And uh, I know we got some preachers from local that are really great as well. So Oregon Family's coming up. It's the last three days in February, the 26th, the 27th, and 28th. And uh, just a few changes based upon the, the present realities that we're working in. And so next week, we're going to bring uh, more information about Oregon Family Camp. So hopefully, uh, the brethren here... Uh, we'll be willing to meet and greet folks from all over the states. And uh, one of these days, we're going to get some crazy wild guy from Ghana, West Africa to come. I've talked to him a couple times. Uh, he seems to be here in the summer and not in the winter, but uh, maybe we can get Jeff Hostetter here. I really love that guy. He's awesome. And uh, we've been working for years trying to get Oleg G. Lennon from Belarus here. Uh, one of these days, it will happen, but uh, we just got to keep praying for that. So Oregon Family Camp coming up. Uh, so we want to have information out to you next week. So, encouragement notes. Hey, hey, Ryan, I was wondering if you could help me out with this since uh, Emma is not here. That would be great. Ryan or Brian? Ryan. You think I'd want Brian up here helping me out, man? I might get hurt. I might get hurt. <laughs> no. You're laughing, no? You're, it's joyous time. 
Okay. Okay. I gotta leave early. All right. Tiffany, so thankful you have been born again of the water and the spirit, and you're now a sister in Christ. So thankful for your faithful, responsive heart for King Jesus. And Tiffany, so proud you have decided to follow Jesus. All right, there you go. Amen. Uh, And uh, Ryan Compton, this one's for you. You don't have to go too far. Uh, I really appreciate the way you communicate and illustrate Bible truths. And that was a great job this morning, son. Appreciate it. Woo, give it up for Ryan. Awesome. All right, so maybe I should do what I was supposed to do before and plug myself in and get ready to go. So I really appreciate the blessing of working with some great brothers and sisters in Christ. And I don't know about you, but uh, this last year was, was kind of an interesting year, different than any other year in my life, uh, for a whole host of reasons, and I think probably for you as well. And I had a great um, theme for 2021, and I decided to change it. So I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. After Saul had been killed, there was a, a slow but sure movement of those from Israel uh, coming under the uh, authority and leadership of King David. And we have a passage here about some, some uh, great warriors that met with him. And so I want to begin in, in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, read verse 23, and then I want to read verse 32. Verse 23 reads this way. Now these are the numbers of the divisions equipped for war who came to David at Hebron to turn the kingdom of, to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. And then it goes on and it talks about those who came uh, to serve under uh, King David. But I want to take a look at verse 32. Verse 32. Of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do, their chief chiefs were 200 and their kinsmen were at their command. I always found this scripture to be rather interesting in that these men understood the times and they had the knowledge of what Israel should do. In light of this last year, I don't know about you, but it, it was a year that was very challenging in so many different ways. Because of having to change the way we communicate with people, how we needed to change really our way, that how we went to the store. Uh, it was rather interesting. And I know that all of you know what I'm talking about. And this morning, before Bible class, I asked, what good things did you learn uh, during last year's, um, last year, I should put it that way. I don't want to put any adjectives to last year. Uh, so what did you learn from last year that was good? And what good things happened to you last year? Well, on the last day of the year, you know, here we are, Tiffany is uh, immersed into Christ. Woohoo! it was awesome. And so praise God for that. But last year was a tough year. Some of us, it might, might not have been tough at all. But for a lot of people, it was 
a terrifying year. Losing jobs, losing income, not knowing where to go. Um, jobs that people did have, had to do them differently. Um, really a real different um, experience. But we don't really know what holds, holds uh, in 2021, do we? I appreciated what Janelle said this morning in regards to what she learned. She learned to trust God more. And I can say amen to that, but I need to trust him more than I do now. And I may be given opportunities to learn that. Now, that's a good mindset, and that's the mindset we should have. And so as we transition into the new year, we're transitioning into a new theme, a new focus. And, and the focus I had before really is, is of no consequence now. I think the, the, the correct focus as these men uh, understood the times and they uh, knew how to make things work in, in light of those times. I think it's important for us to uh, get a perspective, a little bit of the past, where we are now, and where we need to go uh, in the future. And so this year's theme is uh, the fourth law of momentum, the power of perseverance. In this last year, Sadly, I saw several people fall away from the faith. It's, it's, it's tough when you invest your heart and soul in someone and you love them and you still love them even though they've chosen to walk away. That's a hard thing. I desire that none should perish, but all would come to repentance. That is my heart's desire and that should be our heart's desire. Not just to bring people in to a relationship with Jesus Christ, but to continue to help them to grow and be strong and faithful in these uncertain times. And so the theme this year is the power of perseverance. And I, I, I'm not a prophet. I don't know what 2021 holds. 2021 might be the best year in human history flowing with milk and honey and pixie dust. I don't know what 2021 holds, but don't you don't either. But if we take a look at past performance, past situations, events, and things, so we take a look at that, we could kind of get a pretty good idea that 2021 is going to offer us more opportunities to grow, more opportunities to overcome challenges, more opportunities to become, my favorite thing was I learned how to be flexible. You know, when you're an old man like me and you don't stretch at all, man, being flexible can be really painful. And so I learned to be more flexible. I think I might even learn more this coming year. I might even learn more how to trust Jesus because much may be out of our control. But how do we persevere and not give up? That's really what we need to take a look at. And so I would like to take a look at the book of Hebrews in chapter 10. Hebrews in chapter 10. I have one verse there, but I, I think I want to read a little bit of the context of that verse. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 is uh, the, one of the anchor verses uh, for this year. Revelation 14 and verse 12 is another anchor verse. But I want to take a look at Hebrews chapter 10. And I'd like to begin in verse 32 to get the context of verse 36. And so taking a look at uh, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 32, and then we'll read 
down and through verse 36. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, literally need of perseverance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. We talked a little bit about that this morning during adult Bible class is receiving the reward of hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. And I really do long for those words. I really do. And so my prayer is in the next 12 months that we're going to have a, a litany of lessons, many speakers, Oregon family camp with, with 12 speakers coming in to speak to us about how to persevere in challenging difficult times that we may have never experienced. Now, you've heard that some of our friends from Belarus have been thrown in prison for true peaceful protests. And the prison experience was not good. I've never been thrown in prison for a peaceful protest. Now, you would think a peaceful protest is fine but not over there. You know how many times did Paul get thrown in prison? And what was he doing? He was doing some very kind and important and valuable things in preaching the gospel and helping people and he was thrown in prison. How did he endure? How did he persevere until the very end when by tradition he was killed in Rome by Nero? How did he endure? And you go back and look at the apostle Paul. What a great example. Where did he get his cues on endurance, perseverance. Well, of course, Jesus. That's why we should look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, it's up to you personally to choose to persevere. But it sure is nice when you're working with a family that's encouraging and building you up, honestly, sincerely helping you get to that point where you can continue to persevere. Consistently, a presence in your life, knowing they're there for you, they got your six. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to take a look at, I think, what God did. I thought I was doing it, but I don't think so now. Looking back, what happened in 2018 and, and 2019 and 2020, those themes actually, if you were here and you and you embrace the things that we read from the scriptures and studied from the scriptures and we had preached, really sets us up for 2021, a year of great perseverance and focus in serving the Lord. And so if you take a look up here in regards to the first law of momentum that we decided to take a look at, the power of, of positive, literally the power of encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near. So the first point there in the lesson plan is what did we actually do in 2018? In 2018, if you recall, I began by asking the question, 
United, we build? Well, absolutely. United, we don't destroy. United, we build. We need to be of one spirit, of one mind, of one heart, and one purpose. The state of the union of the church is the power of God working in us and through us. We also shared a blueprint for the church in moving forward in a positive way, opening up opportunities for more participation, better communication. Our purpose, mission, and vision was laid out. I don't know if you remember that or not, but, but many years ago we did the purpose, mission, and vision of the church with Scripture, but we built on that. Our purpose is to glorify God in our bodies, to manifest the life of Jesus, as it says in the book of First or Second Corinthians in chapter 5. Manifesting the life of Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians in chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Well, that's our purpose. Our mission is to go out and seek and save those who are not yet his and then have the church grow in the vision of a beautiful bride ready for her husband to come back from heaven. That's really the purpose, mission, and vision for you and I. Go back and study that out. I've heard the mission is to go, or the purpose is to seek and save the lost. When I've looked carefully, that's the mission. But our purpose here is to glorify God in our body so that people can see the reality of what a human being empowered by the Holy Spirit walking by faith can actually do and be. I felt that was important as a foundation to start that first year of the theme. And then we spent the rest of the year looking at how to have joy, how to rejoice, how to be overflowing with gratitude and how to encourage one another and spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. You're there right now or should be. Go back a little bit to verse 24 and 25. Because we are in Christ Jesus, our confidence is in Christ. And notice what it says there in verse 24 and 25. Verse 24, and let us consider how to stimulate, motivate, inspire one another to love and, and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I love that. Inspiring one another to love and good deeds. You know, if you are inspired, you're going to excel. How do you do that? We spent about a half a year, six months, actually looking at all the scriptures that talked about Overflowing with gratitude for people. You know, the little purple slips, I don't think I have one up here, that we handed out. Encouragement. I mean to give you courage. I mean to give you inspiration. I mean to appreciate you. I mean to build you up. Because that oftentimes is not what happens. Oftentimes, because of our human carnal nature, it's easy to, you know, pick, 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 pick. Criticize, criticize, criticize. One of the things I shared is praise pays, criticism kills. Would anybody disagree with that? Man, I just hate it when people praise me. I just can't stand it. It just drives me nuts. I feel so terrible when people praise me. I feel like I'm so unworthy. I'm so, it's just, oh, come on. People, people 
open up when they're appreciated and when they're praised. But you criticize them? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me? Wrong. Wrong. There are scars, emotional scars from my childhood because of words. And I have scars from my childhood in my body, but I have forgotten those. But the words, you're a failure. You're a failure. You'll never amount to nothing. You're a failure. You failed at everything. Those words kill me. I just gave you a tool to destroy me. If you want to use those. But I share with you, that's a dangerous thing. Because that's not Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. Words can powerfully build. When people have given me these those little purple encouragement, I love those little purple notes. You want to come to my office at home and I'll open up my drawer right where I work and there is a big stack of them. I don't get rid of them. When I'm feeling kind of low, you know what I do? I read them. They're powerful. Praise pays. Criticism kills. That was really the emphasis of that year. But then in 2019, we moved on to the second law of momentum, the power of sincerity, the power of, of someone who is genuine, genuinely Christian, genuinely loving, genuinely caring. There is no ulterior motive. They love because Jesus loved. They love because it's what Jesus would do with no strings attached. So I have people say, well, there's always going to be strings attached. Oh, there is a string attached. I want you to get to heaven. Oh, there is a string attached. I want you to become the person that God created you to be. Isn't that Jesus? He created you, each one of us, each one of us unique and distinct with particular skills, talents, and abilities. And he wants you to become that person in all the glory that he created you to be. And when you're genuinely that person, there is great confidence because you're living as Jesus has called you to live. But oftentimes we, we try to be a second-rate somebody else and that rather than a Christ-ordained person that he created us to be. And so we need to be genuine. So we looked at this passage of Scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Turn with me there if you wouldn't mind. And we, we spent a year on this passage of scripture. And it's, it's only a one verse. I'm sorry, two verses. Uh, no, it's only one verse. First uh, uh, Timothy chapter one and verse five. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. But the goal of our instruction, you know what that actually is? The end result of the command of King Jesus is. The Apostle Paul is saying, I'm, I'm under this command, you're under this command, and Jesus says, the end result of the command of Jesus Christ is love from a pure heart. 
a good conscience, and a sincere faith. I don't know about you, but you've probably been in the church long enough to have met some people that have ulterior motives. Hi, Lars, how you doing? <laughs> I see you, you have a box of ho-hos there. <laughs> and there's more than one in there. <laughs> I hear my friend. He's saying, what? What are you talking about? How many know what a ho-ho is? Come on. Okay, good. Someone in the back knows. <laughs> Somebody in that back knows too, and he doesn't like him. Look, what if you actually love, what if you actually love people so that they become the person that God created them to be? Hmm. The sad thing is, is oftentimes people will give an appearance of love to get something. That's very sad, and that should never be in the church. So we looked at love from a pure heart. We spent about three months looking at the spiritual heart, the four chambers of the spiritual heart. The first chamber is the reasoning, cognitive chamber. The second is the emotional chamber. The third is the motives chamber, and the last is the moral or spiritual chamber of the heart, four chambers. And if you go through the scripture and you look up every word heart and you see what it's talking about, the heart moving in that person, it will describe a person who's reasoning in their heart. It will describe a person that's overflowing with an emotion from their heart, a person that is planning a devious plan or a good plan in their heart, or one who is examining themselves or examining others to see if they're living according to the ethics of Christ, the standard of Christ. We spent three months doing that to see how we could have a sincere, pure love for Christ. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Romans 12 and verse 9 was the other anchor verse for 2019. Romans 12 and verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Literally, let love be genuine and sincere. No strings attached. Except for wanting the best for somebody. And notice the next one. It says there that we're supposed to do what? We're supposed to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Do your own study and find out what the fear of God is. In the book of Proverbs in chapter 8 and verse 13, it says, the fear of God is to hate evil. Hate evil. And God defines evil. So we should hate what God hates. God doesn't hate anything or anybody. God hates evil. And if we're going to fear him, we'll hate evil too. And we will love his word. Go to Psalms 112. That's where it says to fear God is to love his word and his commandments. So brethren, we need to purify that heart so we can love genuinely like Jesus. A good conscience. We defined what a conscience is. We talked about how to cleanse our conscience. We talked about how to uh, use our conscience. We talked about how to guard our conscience. We actually talked about the most important thing is how to build the conscience of Christ. Build the conscience of Christ. 
his convictions, his ethical standard in everything. It's there in the scriptures. Why does it say everything that we need for life and godliness is found in the true knowledge of Jesus Christ? Because he is the standard. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And faith is the conviction of things unseen. And so the conscience can be seared. The conscience can be defiled. The conscience can be perverted. That's all in the scriptures. And the devil knows that full well. Knowing that, God desires that your conscience would be cleansed by the blood of Jesus and your conscience would be made good through the restoration by the work of the Holy Spirit in you. And we talked about that. And that took us about three months. We spent the last six months talking about a sincere faith, defining the word sincere as sincere faith, defining the word genuine, defining the word true. All those words mean genuine or real. In fact, these words are, some of them are just absolutely amazing. They're talking about the, the image of God being stamped in your soul. So you are the genuine article. If someone does not have the Holy Spirit, they don't have that stamp on the soul. They're not the genuine article. Now, can they put on a show? Well, of course, I've seen lots of people put on shows before, but you're not the real deal. I could have bought a Rolex watch in New York City for $28. I was walking down the street and a guy goes, hey, I got some watches to sell. They're the real deal. I'm thinking for 28 bucks, there ain't no real deal. Anybody buy that watch? No. I got some swamp land in Florida to sell you too for 28 bucks. And so... The real deal is the person who's had the Holy Spirit stamped on their soul so they now are able to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. So they become what God has created them new to become. That's powerful. We talked about what true faith is. True faith is not I hope so. True faith is I know so. And I've made this statement before and people go, it can't be true. How many know the verse Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20? How many, how many know that one? It's one of my favorite verses. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this body, I live by his faith, the faith of Christ. I live by his convictions. I live by his hopes, his dreams, his desires, his interests. That's what Paul was actually saying. You know, it's the one who loved me and delivered himself up for me, took away every sin and filled me with his Holy Spirit. If Bill is dead and Christ is alive in me, can this body be perfectly patient? What's the answer? Yes, it can be. Some of you say, well, I haven't seen that yet. If Christ is in me and Bill is dead, is Christ perfectly patient? There's lots of scriptures that teach he's perfectly patient, by the way. And he's living inside of you, not just part of Jesus, but the wholeness of deity dwells in you. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and take a look at verse 9. Wow, amazing. And also I'd ask you to consider this, is that in John in chapter 14 and verse 23, is if we love 
God and we keep his commandments, it says that my father and I will come and make our abode, our house in you. God the Father and God the Son inside of this body? God the Father and God the Son inside of that body? That's what Jesus was saying through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. God is perfectly patient with you. Should we not then be perfectly patient with each other? Can we be perfectly patient with each other? The answer is yes, but the question is, will we choose that? That's what faith is. I am perfectly patient. Liar, you might say. Jesus is perfectly patient. Is he in you? Fullness of deity. That's what the scripture teaches. And in a lot of places. I just gave you two passages. So brethren, we looked at faith, but now we went on to 2020. Man, did we get hit with a hammer. It'd be like stepping out in front of Ryan's log truck going down 58. We were driving here this morning and saying, man, it's hard to go 55. In a log truck, once you put the pedal to the metal, that baby is going. That's called momentum, right? Try to slow that baby down if you need to slow it down. It ain't going to happen very quick. And so, brethren, sorry, I shouldn't have said anything, right? Okay, never mind. Brian loves to go 55. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, there you go. So we need to recognize and understand that 2020 hit us like a sledgehammer. Maybe it didn't hit you like a sledgehammer, but I had to change an awful lot of things that I did. I used to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and now sometimes I'm getting up at 3.15. So I can get everything done that I normally got done by four in the morning. And sometimes I'm staying up late. And sometimes I even skip my afternoon nap. As an old man, that's tough. And so having to do things a little different in 2020. And you know what my theme was? Get a load of this. I had no clue what was coming. I had not a clue. The power of his presence. And what comes out in May, March? We have to have social distancing. Six feet apart, cover your face, wash your hands. Uh, I can't have more than six people. I can't have more than 25 people. I can't, you mean I can't go to a restaurant and sit across? I can't, what? And we're teaching the power of his presence. And we're taught social distancing. That's the last thing that we should be doing, socially being distant. We should draw near to one another, encouraging one another. You know, on that theme, our presence in him, we spent about three months. His presence in us, we spent about five months. And three months we spent on our presence in the lives of others. And of course, we define the four levels of presence. What are the four levels of presence? Do you remember? Four levels of presence, physical presence. What if you just came and sat there and thought about anything and everything else all morning long. You're physically present, but are you cognitively present? What did he say? Are you, are you cognitively present? Okay. But let's go one step further. I'm cognit cognitively present, meaning I'm thinking about, but that's not eliciting any kind of emotional response. That's nice. I agree with that fact. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. You mean 
that 2020 did not impact you emotionally and that the things that you learned in 2020 that you could apply did not impact you emotionally. You weren't present in 2020. We really need to be present in each other's lives. If someone comes to you and says, these are the struggles I'm going through, and you're there physically and you're there cognitively, but you're not there emotionally, there's a problem. They need to know that you're compassionate. What does the word compassionate mean? It's the word co, together, passion, heart. That's emotion. Finally, there needs to be a spiritual presence. Oh, I'm just going to kind of go through my day. Whatever happens, happens. Gay, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. And I'll just respond however I think is appropriate. You mean you're not going to be deliberate? You're not going to be like Christ? A spiritual presence is critical. Always thoughtful about the other person. You know, there's nothing wrong, brethren, with asking yourself, I wonder if this person's a Christian. Well, you're judging them. No, I'm discerning whether they need to know the Lord or not. When it comes to judgment day, isn't it going to be nice if someone discerns that this person needs to know the Lord and then develops a relationship to help them come to know the Lord? Is it okay to discern? You think they might be appreciative on that last day when they get to heaven? Not judgment. That's Jesus' job. But discernment, we've been called to discernment so that others might come to know our Lord and become Christians. Finally, what are we doing this year? If you want to jot it down, we're going to get there soon enough. Book of Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12, if you want to look at that, and then I'll give you the, at least the four things I've come up with so far. <laughs> Remember, I uh, changed my mind about this year's theme. So, man, I've been getting up super early, going through all the passages on steadfastness, endurance, patience, all those things that are communicating perseverance. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. Please turn there. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. Here is the perseverance of the saints. Those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ or the faith of the Son of God. Look that up in the Greek. It's the faith of. Yes, I believe in Jesus, but do I possess his convictions? That's what we were talking about before. That's in this passage. You want to persevere? Jesus persevered all the way to the cross and all the way through the cross. Paul persevered all the way through the beatings and the stonings and, and being left for dead. He persevered. We don't know what the future holds. Will you be able to persevere? So here's what we have coming this year. What is the foundation for perseverance? I might say, who's the foundation for perseverance? We're going to look at that. Defining the many facets of perseverance. Perseverance has many facets to it. It's not just single-faceted. It's like this beautiful gem that has multi-facets to it to help us be strong in any and every challenge and difficulty. Building perseverance in the saints. There are actual building blocks for building perseverance. And you search the scriptures, you'll find the building blocks too. 
And those are the building blocks we need to build into our own lives. And that's what I hope to help you with and the other preachers that will come and preach to help you with. And finally, using Christ's faith. Using Christ's faith to persevere unto victory. So when we stand before King Jesus on the last day, we'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Are you living for that day? Are you living by the faith and the power of Christ for that day? Are you helping your brothers and sisters empower themselves for that day? That's what I desire in this year. Again, I don't know what the future holds, and I know that we're not in a world that Jesus is everything and there's no opposition. I think quite the contrary. I think the opposition is cranking it up. But he who is in you and he who is in me is greater than he who's in the world. And so we can have the power to overcome, the power to persevere through any and every challenge this year. Let's grow together as we learn how to do that. Build the foundation, tool it up so that we're strong in the faith. That's where we're going this year, brethren. I hope you'll come with me. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful for the, the blessing of your son, Jesus Christ, having come into the world, taken on the form of a man, being tempted in every way as we are and yet without sin. For he was a man that was filled with the Holy Spirit and, and walked by faith and not by sight. So too, we have been filled with your spirit and we are called to walk by faith and not by sight. We're called to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so, Father, I know that we are able. But, Father, I've not searched the scriptures as I ought in regards to perseverance. But seeing the times and understanding there's a need for perseverance, Father, I pray that we will work together to build one another up, to be honest and sincere positively encouraging one another as we spend our time together present with each other so that we can together persevere through what is to come. We thank you and praise you for your word and we look forward to what you have for us. Father, we pray in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right. All right, get up, stand up. We're going to ask Jesus. What does it say? Jesus said to what? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that... Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right. Let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.